Episode 60, The Rant. Tyree Kirkland, Board 119 basketball official and master basketball ref in training. I've known Tyree almost 20 years, and it was a shock to see him in a different context, a different arena, one that involved him officiating the game of basketball. In this podcast, we discuss how he got into officiating, his experience in his first year, and what the future holds for him in officiating. All that and more, my conversation with Tyree, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5 too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattucks.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest. First year, Board 119 member, basketball official, Tyree Kirkland. What's good, bro? Ralph, how we doing, brother? So this has been a long, long withstanding friend that I've had for... Almost 15 years. Uh, we met in the summer of 2006. I'll never forget this. <laughs> we were both at Roosevelt Field at J. Crew, um, and we just crossed paths because we were both folding clothes. And I was like, man, this guy got a sidekick in between folding shirts. <laughs> and I remember we had the mandate we couldn't use our phones. And, right, right. And right. Um, I think that was like when text messaging was just getting kind of ubiquitous in society. And um, I remember you were wearing like, you had earrings. You may or may not have had pink pants. I may or may not have had a pink shirt. And I was like, this guy kind of dresses similar to me. So um, we've always had a vibration with that. And, you know, over the years, we've lost touch and gained touch and lost touch. Right, but right, right. here we are. We we, uh, we crossed paths at Island Garden. And I was pleasantly surprised that you were a basketball official and you took up the craft and, you know, you're, you're making a name for yourself. So welcome to the show, man. Hey, Ralph. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, brother. So let's just get into it, man. What sports did you play growing up? What's, what was your relationship with it? And what did you play? Well, I played football and basketball. Um, I took basketball a little bit more seriously. I played it uh, through grammar school, junior high school, all the way to my freshman year of uh, high school. Did you play anything afterwards? Sophomore uh, year? No, just recreational. Just recreational. Um, I didn't really take it too seriously after my freshman year of high school. Mm. Um I more so uh, started to get into other things that uh, gained my interest to yeah. say. You know what? And, and I, th- I think I picked that vibe up in 2006 because 
I was getting into all sorts of things that have nothing to do with sports, right. including I remember when I met you, I was definitely not watching anything related right. to sports. Right. It's funny. It's so funny that we, a lot of our conversation kind of like um, revolves around sports. But during that time period, like 2006, 2007, we spoke about sports zero. We didn't speak about it at all during that time period, which is mm. very interesting. Mm. Okay, so um, what was your relationship with, I guess, officials uh, as when you were growing up? Did you even think about... It's funny because from, from this perspective, right, I interact with the players so much. But as a player, I never interacted with the officials. They were almost like non-existent. I just played the game. Mm. I don't know if it's, if it's because of the generation or if it's me personally, but I didn't interact with the officials. Well, we were all taught, especially if you were playing in an organized fashion, um, not to talk to the refs. The coaches will handle that. Right. So, right. And, and they always seem like very authoritative. So right. I, I never, right. Right. I feel you on that. Um, so how did you even come to the conclusion of officiating? <laughs> it's funny. So I've been around basketball for quite a bit for the last decade or so, whether it was coaching, uh, throwing tournaments, things of that sort. And um, I was involved in a tournament, and um, the refs didn't show up. So uh, a buddy of mine was like, hey, do you mind refing? I'm like, hey, yeah, I'll get into it. How hard could it be? Right? Just give me the whistle. I got this. And um, got her in the court, running up and down. And um, I'm like, this is difficult. How do these people do this game in and game out? And um, from that point, I said, you know what? I actually want to learn this. You know, I want to get into this. I, I did everything around this sport except uh, become an official. So um, that was my first bug. That was the first time that I said to myself, you know what? This is something I'm interested in and I want to learn. And when was this? This was about three years ago. Okay, so there's an interim between from when you took the class officially mm -hmm. at Board 119 in Queens, mm -hmm. then from that particular moment. Yeah, so yeah. what happened in the interim? So between that, so right after that, I didn't know how uh, people got into refing, right? I didn't know what, what, what the, uh, what stages I would have to go through or who I would have to speak to or what I would have to do to become a ref. So a year went by. And uh, I bumped into a buddy of mine, and he asked me, he said, uh, are you still throwing tournaments? Are you still involved in that type of thing? And was I'm that like, Rashad? Yeah, it was Rashad. Rashad Campbell. So, yeah, who was a part of Boy 119 as well. Um, and I'm like, yeah, 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 I do. He's like, you know what? I'm, I'm an official, a ref. And I'm like, interested. You ref? How did you How did you do that? Like, you just put on a shirt and got a whistle, and you call yourself a ref? He's like, no, it's a class that you take, and um, you have to pass an exam. I said, really? That's interesting. So I went home. I thought about it. A week later, you know, I text him. I'm like, yo, how did you, how did you do it? Like, you know, can you uh, set me up? And um, he made some phone calls, emailed a few guys, and uh, he got me the contacts to everyone I needed to speak to. And um, I went and spoke to a few different people, and they were like, the class is full. You know, it's over. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. So when's the next class? Next month? Like, no, next year. <laughs> next year? You know, I was kind of taken back and discouraged. Um, so during that time period, uh, 
I spoke with a lot of different people. I tried to join different boards, whatever the case is. And you're um, trying to get it as fast as possible as fast, now, because... as fast as possible. Um, I was unsuccessful, uh, to say the least. Um, so for the next year, I made sure that I was early. I, I got the, my money in, my money order in, like I would say, like six months before. You know, got my. Uh, my whistle, my shirt, my pants, everything, you know, early and ready. I was excited. And, um, you know, six months after that, we're, we're basically here. So describe your experience taking that class and how much your, I guess, your perception of basketball and rules and just officiating in general, how much has that changed after so, your experience taking one, the 119 class? So as a, as a basketball player, you think that you know everything there is to know about basketball. As a coach, you think that you know everything that you need to know about the sport. Um, taking the class, I learned that I know very little about basketball and the ruling. Um, it was an eye-opener for me. Um, there's, so, there's so many different rules. There's nuances between the rules. There's so much, so much ambiguity between the rules as well that... I was taken back. I was a bit intimidated. I mm. thought that I was going to go into the class and basically just fly through it, you know? And um, I was wrong. <laughs> 100% wrong. I had to had to study and memorize rules that I thought I knew. And um, at first, it was a bit intimidating, to say the least. Mm. So after you did pass the class, obviously, mm -hmm. you took the uh, the floor test. You passed yeah. the written test, passed the floor test at McClancy High School. Then after that, subsequently, what was your first experience doing a real game <laughs> after you got certified? Do you remember that experience? I don't think that I'm ever going to forget it, Ralph. I'll be honest with you. Um, so a buddy of mine, uh, he was an assigner, and he threw me a, a bone. It was a game out in Brooklyn. It was at a school. So in the city... There, they have schools that have schools within the schools. That makes sense. So within a building, you might have four different schools um, sharing the area. So my first game was for two schools that sh shared a building, and it was their first basketball game. It was a new school. Both of them were new schools. Both of them were new schools within a new school. So new school, new school, at an old school, that's a new school. <laughs> there you go. With a new ref. There you go, something like that. So uh, I walk in, and um, it's packed. Packed. I mean, parents, kids, uh, coaches, teachers. And at that point, I said, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I was confident driving there, you know. Because you thought there was going to be three people there. <laughs> you know, I didn't think it was going to be anything like this. So, you know, um, the butterfly wings is flapping in my stomach. I'm like, oh, man, this is I'm about to get on the court and actually ref a game, mm. you know. Um, a partner comes over and speaks to me. He's like, yeah, how many years have you been doing this? You know, and I haven't seen you around. I said, um. Uh, one day, it's my my first day. He said, "This is your first day." He started <laughs> well, laughing. At yeah, you. he started. He said, "Welcome." Cool. You know what? I'm gonna make. The, I'm gonna do the toss for you. Don't worry about it. I said, "All right, cool." And you know what? To my surprise, as soon as the ball went up, you know all the practice uh, in the mirror, all the rules that I memorized, everything just came. Mm. You know, and um, 
you know, I do want to make a point. In in the class, when I was taking uh taking the classes at uh, at 119, one of the things that they uh that they were strong about was that the more you practice, you know, it's gonna everything's gonna become second nature. You're gonna get on the court and it's gonna come to you without you even thinking. And um you were hundred percent right. You know, I can't I don't want to say that, you know, I was good, but, you know, a lot of the things that I, I, I didn't think that I was going to be able to do, I was able to do due mm. to the practice and going home every day and looking in the mirror and practicing my mechanics, going over the rules, going over scenarios in my mind, you know, it actually helped. And it, 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 it put me in a place to where, you know, after the first two or three minutes, I was comfortable on the court. So start to finish that game, it probably had a couple of hitches, but you felt overall that you were a little bit more prepared than, you know, most people in that particular situation? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I wouldn't really know how everyone else would feel, and you know, or felt during their first game. Um, but for me, it it, uh, it gave me confidence and I was excited. You know, it, it made me... Uh, it made me want to go home and practice even more because I knew that I can become better. And this was something that I can do and I enjoy doing. Mm. You know? So after that happened, mm-hmm. um, I think we probably ran into each other maybe about two or three months after that. Yes. And I ran into you in Island Garden. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that you went through the right avenues to get there. Right. Which is an accomplishment in and of itself because, you know, especially in Nassau County, it's really dog eat dog. Really, your only opportunity sometimes is often CYO because, you know, Island Garden might be a little bit too difficult when people first start off. Mm. Um, And I'll say that, um, you know, after that and then I guess moving now to all the way where you at now, how how has the totality of your experience of your first year? It's not even, you know, has elapsed to be one year, but just describe the ebbs and flows of your first year of officiating basketball. Wow. Well, <clears throat> I could say it's been a, a a roller coaster ride, you know. So, as I just said, my my first game, I felt pretty good about it. Um, I didn't even want to leave the floor, you know. Um, so I, I left that game on a high note, mm. right? But as you know, every game is a different experience, right? You have different players, different coaches, different environments, so. You know, when I say it's been a roller coaster, it's been, uh, I mean, one that straight out of Great Adventures. So coming to Island Garden, um, right before that, I was uh, I had a game in Brooklyn. And once again, I'm coming in now, I, you know, I'm kind of like feeling myself. I'm like, yeah, I could do this. You know I mean, I think I could go to go officiate a college game, man. This is, this is nothing. First minute in. Ref, you're the worst person I've ever seen with a black and white shirt on. What are you doing? I look around, I'm like, wait, I have a black and white shirt. He's looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) And that experience in itself um, was totally different than, you know, any other experience. At that point, I had about maybe five games under my belt. And um, I think that the coach... uh, he uh, smelled blood in the, in the ocean. He smelled blood. He'd seen a, a, a freshman guy out there, and he said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a fragile this guy and try to get some calls out of him, you know? And 
I say that. I say that to say this, you know. Um, every game has been different. I learned something new in every game. And, um, I mean, I think that in itself is one of the main reasons why I love refing at this point in time. Mm. You know, you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna get. And um just the fact that every game you can take something and add it to your armor and, and apply it in your next game is exciting in itself. Mm. You know? Well speaking of application, I think that when you initially start, you just have kind of like your experience as well as a floodgate of information. So just like you said, when you have different experiences Everyone is colored with different experiences with them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, um, I have a different angle towards how I perceive uh, refing. So like when I first got into Island Garden, it was a lot easier for me because my experience three years before that, before I even got in there, was adults. I never did a school game. I've never right, done right, right. little kid games. So right. it was weird for me that only one person was yelling. I was so used to people drinking and Everyone yelling right, at me right, right, and be right, complete right. chaos. So, you know, the advice that I would have given you had I been, you know, year two and then I'm trying to dispense something for U.S., you know, month four would have been different than how it is now, right. now that I see the totality. So, you know, now that you meet people that are year one, year 17, mm -hmm. somebody does multiple sports, how can you distinguish um, advice that applies to something that you can add to what you said, your armor and things that you know, probably aren't conducive to something that can help your game? Well, I think first things first, um, you have to make an assessment on the individual that you're interacting with, right? Um, for you <laughs> to see where and how you can apply this information, you know. Um, secondly, you know, as humans, we learn empirically. So we learn through experience. So, you know, you take... You, First and foremost, I'm open to any advice, any criticism as a new as a new official. And I think that throughout my entire career, I'm going to have that same mindset. So anything someone says to me, I'm going to listen to, mm. you know, <clears throat> and um, and try to apply it, you know. And if it works, I put it in my ref bag and it's coming with me to every game, you know. And if it doesn't, I'm putting it to the wayside, you mm. know. And I think going into it, with that mindset has worked for me. You know, I picked up so many different things because, you know, I'm just open. And I know that, you know, most of the time, you know, with, with being an official, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a brotherhood or a pretty good fraternity. And most people have uh, good intentions. So if they're telling you something, more than likely it's something that you can use and can be utilized uh, in, in your next game or two, you know. Do you feel like outside of officiating, do you think you've become more perceptive in navigating and figuring out a lot faster, um, eyeing what you think is going to be um, a better advice that, that you can apply and things that you can throw out immediately? I would say, um, I guess, again, it, it all depends on the situation and the environment. You know, um, some situations, yeah, you know, straight off, Straight off the bat, this is not going to work for me. Because, you know, everyone has different styles, you know. So my style might be a bit different than the person that's, that's telling me something. And it's like, that might be great advice, but that doesn't work for me. That's not even my character. Mm. I can't do that, you know. Um, and someone might tell you something and 
It's like, well, matter of fact, maybe I need to be more like that. Mm. So I guess it depends on, on the environment, you know, who it's coming from in the time period, you know? Yeah, and, and we were talking about that off air about, you know, um, dubious, infamous people in history and how, you know, they're they're basically known for negative attributes, but they also possess certain qualities that right, right. make people gravitate towards them. So I know for me, at this point in this career, in my career, like, you know, I'll tell somebody, you know, maybe you want to give up the lanyard for, for the summer just to see if you can obtain a more patient whistle right. to be more aware and more engaged in the game. And that might not be for somebody. Mm-hmm. It might be thinking about that too much, but, you know, at some point that, that information could apply to something. So, you know, even even if it's advice that's bad, at least you know it's aware, you're aware of it, and you know it's successful in certain situations. Right, right, so I right. think that's also a good thing to have in the right. tool bag to, I guess, to have it in purgatory I, to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. You know, <clears throat> you know, information, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. And once again, like you said, you don't know when you can apply it. You don't know when you're going to have to apply it. You know, but as long as it's as long as you have it, you know, it's it's in your possession. Mm. Mm. So it already sounds that you've already had such a serious approach into officiating. And it's probably because of the the venerable people that you've already surrounded yourself with mm. from the onset at 119, because they set the tone early. They early. Set the, they set the tone early. Yes. So. What do you think took you to the next level of taking it serious, of, of, of wanting to elevate as far as you can go? Well, it's more so, I would say, my personality. Um, I just wanted to, my, my main focus at this point in time is to be good. You know, when I, when I, when I went to class and um, I seen the people I was surrounded by and I, I was speaking to Ernie and, and everybody else that was uh, veterans on 119. I kind of embodied their their professionalism, mm. you know. It's like these guys really take this seriously. Yeah, they eat, breathe, and sleep. Listen, officiating. When Ernie comes in the first day and say, "Hey, I've been doing this 49 years," you like, man, right? If you're telling me I could do this 30 years later right. and still got 19 years later, and he's still capable, right? Still effective in the class. Right. It, it it makes you want to say like wow I could have a really long career doing right. this right so one hundred percent so with that being said I would say that's when I knew <clears throat> that I I wanted to 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 be good and I was going to take this seriously mm. you know at at that point interacting with all the veterans of one nineteen and seeing how 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 much energy they put into this how they took themselves seriously and how they took officiating seriously. I said, I can't be a part of this and mm. not be good. I can't be a part of this and not be professional. You're so, right. You know, at that point is when I decided to really get into it and, and, and be a part of it and, have, and be 100% in. So you mentioned Erdney Rudloff. You also mentioned Rashad Campbell, who are all both members of 119. Mm-hmm. Um, discuss other mentors that you've had, who they are, what they've done for your career thus far, and how do you think that's going to shape the way you help people after you? Hmm. Yeah, I know this guy. He has a, a colorful personality. He runs a podcast. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Referee oh, Rand, this guy. You know what I mean? He calls me every other day with all types <laughs> of information. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> but um, it's funny because uh, 
in the beginning of this uh, uh, of this podcast, you talked about our relationship prior to uh, officiating, and it, it's almost similar to um, you know to what it is now. You know, you've always been a guy that I can look to for information, some sort of a direction, and um, at this point, you're doing the same thing with officiating. I could call you about just about anything. Hey, what do you think about this play? Or what do you think I should do to work on my mechanics? Or what did you do at this point in time? And um, how it would affect me moving forward with other officials is that I know that's what works. Being a person that someone can lean on when they need information, when they need some sort of guidance, you know. I think we were talking about this maybe earlier or yesterday or something like that. And I said to you, it's, it's great when someone can tell you how to get somewhere. They say, you know, at that red light, make a right. When you get to this, the red building, make a left, and you drive 50 miles down, and you'll be at the place that you need to go. But it's even better when someone says, you know what? I'll do one better. I'll come and meet you at the beginning and drive with you to the end. Right, and and to me, first of all, thank you. I hate it when the spotlight's on me. But um, honestly... Hey, you're turning red. No, I don't turn red. I'm Filipino. I never turn red. That, that has never happened in my life. But, All right, this is the makeup of Jamal. All right, cool. But, you know, the fact that when you were saying how when you did that game when no refs showed up and you had no idea, that's weird in 2018. That's weird in 2019 that you can't kind of Google it and figure it out yourself. I mean, you get a lot of archaic information mm-hmm. on how to go about this, and that really is the genesis of this podcast, that's the genesis of Referee Ram right, because right. it should be open source like everything else in this right, world. Right, right. So, you know, that's that's what informed me personally to to make this because I think, you know, now it's at the point that I have a lot of content where somebody can kind of get lost and get some sort of, you know, information. Even mm-hmm. if you fish and, and you read a baseball article and you go, wow, that could I could apply that in my basketball thing because right. I'm not always available, but... What are we always doing? We're always reading on the internet, mm-hmm. and we're always driving in our car as as referees traveling to and fro from games. So. Right, right, right. Thank you. Do you have any other mentors that you want to mention? Um, I mean, you know what? I would say the whole board one nineteen. Um, I'm meeting new guys every single day, um, and there hasn't been one individual from one nineteen that hasn't exchanged numbers with me and told me, you know what? If you have any questions, any problems. Give me a call, shoot me an email, shoot me a text. Mm. And um, that type of energy, that type of brotherhood is is unmatched. So, you know, I would say just everyone that I've interacted with from Board 119, it's a great board. And I wouldn't want to be a part of any other board but that one. I feel the same exact way about (laughs) Board 119. Um, So, you know, we're two weeks out from Memorial Day, even though today was a little bit gloomy and cold. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your plans otherwise for the summer? In terms of officiating basketball? Well, my, uh, to be quite honest with you, my plans are just to sharpen up my skills. You know, um, I've been looking into some camps. I've been looking into some uh, uh, some tournaments that I could be a part of just to get better, get some experience, get some more games under my belt. And, um, you know, just to put myself in an environment where I'm associating with guys that have been doing this for a while. You know, and that can give me some pointers to help me, you know, move to the next level. Mm. And, you know, I know this answer because you pulled up at a baseball game that was cold and <laughs> and, and it was an hour and 15 minutes away from your house. But would you consider officiating another sport? And if so, what the, what would that be? 
Well, like you said, we're at, we're at a baseball field right now, like 40-degree weather in May. So uh, baseball has piqued my interest. Um, I definitely want to, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about um, becoming an umpire. Lacrosse, which is a, um, a growing sport, you know, I definitely, definitely have a major interest in, um, in lacrosse as well. And, you know, after I, I uh, sharpen my skills in basketball and become a bit more comfortable, those are things that I think that, you know, would be next on the list for me. Mm. So after everything that you said, what do you think are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time in terms of your officiating career? Um, to be, to be an official, I, I was just talking about this with uh, a parent the other, the other day. Um, you have to be patient. You have to have thick skin. Mm. You have to be able to, uh, to, to socialize with people and make a quick assessment on who you interacting with and how to interact with them. You know, I mean, Obviously, you have to know the rules. You have to be in some sort of condition where you can get up and down the court, obviously. But to be a good official, it's, it's from what I see at this point in time, it takes it takes so much more than the physical aspect of it. You know, it's so much of a mental game that you're playing when you're out there. So, you know, I would I would say more so that the social aspect uh, and and being patient while while out there on the floor. And, and and most importantly, being able to 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 hold your prof- professionalism down, you know, to be able to interact with people in a way where you're not flustered and and they don't get under your skin and make mm. you act outside of mm-hmm. your character, you know. I think the best attribute that you possess, though, from outside looking in, is is that you are very self aware of where you are in terms of the hierarchy. Of officiating because mm. I think when somebody gravitates towards somebody like me, they don't know that I've officiated thousands amounts of games. Mm. They look at me at my form right now, mm. where you know, and and I've spoke about it on episode forty four. I don't know if you've heard it, but I talk a lot about the origins of where I was going because you know everyone has started somewhere, right? And you know it's a shame that people think that I just came out of the blue and then I I got that good. I've I've gone through all the growing pains that you have right. and probably a lot longer, right. you know, and that's why you've been able to lean on people. You've been very perceptive on who has the right stuff and, and you're very perceptive of figuring out how you can replicate the successful people to get there at the fastest amount of time, but you're still not in a rush. So that's a great quality by you. I appreciate that. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go in officiating? Putting in the work. You know, um, practice, 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 you know, um, getting games under my belt. And once again, like you said, interacting with the right people and, and, and gaining information from them and then implementing it. Mm. You know, my whole thing is I'm really not in a rush to to uh, to uh, move to a, another level or, or, or to gain any accolades or anything of that sort. My main focus at this point in time is just to be a good official. You know, I'm not really focused on anything other than that. And, um, you know, where I want to be, to be honest with you, is to be great. I want to be a really good official. And I feel like everything else will happen after that. You know, the byproducts of being good is is everything else that a person will want. Mm. You know, so yeah. that's just my main focus. Mm. You know, I don't I don't I can't say, you know, I want to I want to be an NBA rep. Or I want to, 
you know, I want to be a college ref. I know if I make sure I put in the work and I become good at what I do and I work on my craft, anything and everything that I want is going to happen. Mm, that's good. Describe the stickiest situation that you have ever been in um, officiating. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, officiating with a, uh, a, a partner that um, has not only excited the coaches but the crowd and having to uh, try to, um, I don't want to say calm, add some sort of calm to the environment. And, and, and for me, it's pretty difficult because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty new. So I'm still learning how to interact with coaches. I'm still learning how to interact with my partners and things of that sort and when to take the lead if, if my partner's having trouble and things of that sort. So, you know, being in situations where, you know, a coach may be irate or a player might be irate and, and, and interacting with another player causing a, a problem it's been like the stickiest moments I've been in or, or the, the most difficult mm. uh, situations I've been in officiating. Taking so, control when you don't even know the beats of when you were supposed to and then you realize and, like and, or, you have no choice. And or how to, you know, like when when becoming an official and going to class, there isn't, you know, a, a chapter in how to deal with people or yeah. how to deal with the situation. It's, with, it's like... Wait till you see it. Wait, wait till the box is open. You're going to enjoy it. And they, they go, okay, rule one, rule two. But wait till this happens. And you're like, you don't know what that is. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, this is what they were talking about. And it's it's interesting because they don't teach you that crisis management. They just right. tell you that there's going to be a crisis and you're going to have to manage it. It's but be I, we can't tell you exactly you how you're going to yeah, yeah. manage the crisis, but we're just going to tell you that it's inevitable that the, right, right, the right. crisis is going to is going to occur. And, and I, I hope I hope you manage. You know what I mean when you're in the crisis. Good luck. Having said that, what is your best moment thus far um, in your short officiating career? Um, my best moments has been. Um, after a game, when a, a, a parent or a coach or a player comes up to me and says, you know, you did, a, you did an amazing job. Thank you. You know, um, to me, it's like, all right, cool. You know, I, I, you, you, you watched me. You know, I, you know, I only watched the game, but you watched me, um, you know, try to perform at a high level. You know, um, that's been the best moments for me. And, you know, it's almost just like when you're a player and you're hot, you're streaking, you know what I mean? You're in the game and you're, you're making all the calls, you're on point, you feel good when you're running up the court. It's no better feeling than that. Absolutely. You know. Um, this has been great thus far. Um, do you have any final words before we part ways? Um, again, you know, first and foremost, I want to just thank everybody that's that's helped. You know, including you, everyone on board 119 on this, on my path of becoming an official. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's mostly it. <laughs> well, I listen, mean, you, you got, as, as Ernie said, and as I've said to you before, um, sometimes you don't smell the roses while they're still alive. And I just want to tell you that you, you are going to be great. I'm, I'm not just saying that because mm. I've seen a lot of people come and go. And I've seen a lot of people 
stop because they had a bad experience. I've seen a lot of people stop because they've got injured. I've seen a lot of people stop because it gets harder. It gets harder as you mm -hmm. move up. And just attrition alone has made people stop. Family life has made people stop. So, you know, as long as you're aware of how great you can become, and I know you're working towards being great, I'm interested to see what happens after a full year elapse, after a full two years, five years elapse. You know, sky's the limit for you, man. So I wish you continued success. Looking to see you grow, and I am looking forward to when you are capable of doing these battles <laughs> out here in the city <laughs> with me. So that way you can get some of this crisis management with me. <laughs> hey, Ralph, I appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate you having me on the podcast, brother. Yeah, man. So for Tyree Kirkland, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Ramp. We're signing out. See you later. Peace.